Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and Nate begin their holiday specials where we look at the many holy days that we celebrate this time of year. And we're beginning with Advent. So we're just calling this one the one about longing during Advent. So we hope you'll just sit right back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm good. Texas is back. <laughs> the Longhorn football team is back. But I said that because we are also back. Well, we after are after a hiatus. Yeah, we are back. And we're, you know, we're a little bit in tension because uh your son has converted my daughter to be a Texas fan. We've never been Texas fans. Um, I know. Matter of fact, I we heard grew that. up out in Lubbock, so we were Texas Tech fans. Not that they've ever been, you know, great or on top of the heap, but uh, we. It was strange to see Maggie rooting for Texas openly, uh, because we've just never done that. So, it's interesting. yeah, I know that Tyler was there for Thanksgiving when Texas played Texas Tech. Yeah, and he said. He had to be a little reserved in his cheering. (laughs) He did. He did. We have several graduates uh, of Texas Tech in the room uh, at that event. And so he was he he did not get to celebrate. And I think he doesn't know them well enough yet to really feel like he could trash talk too much. So that. Yeah. You know, that's part of the. deal. Well, I think, you know, I didn't really mean to get off on this tangent, I was kind of making a joke that we are back after a long time of being gone. But since we did yesterday, I was at church and I preached and I got really vulnerable in my last end of the sermon. And I was like sharing some deep stuff. And so when I'm done, it's always awkward after that because sometimes people want to pat you on the back and be like, Oh, we love you pastor or whatever. So a guy comes up to me from the sound booth. He's our our guy that runs the words. Also a Texas fan, which is important to the story. He hugs me. I think he's hugging me because I've just like, I bore my soul to the congregation. (laughs) And he's like, leans in my ear and he goes, we're in. We're in. (laughs) The college football championship. And so... yeah, I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting, but it was funny. So <laughs> shout out to Jerry for yeah. letting me know we were in the playoff as soon as church was over because it happened while we were in church. But oh, you were burying your soul. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. So I think God probably, you know, saw my obedience to bear my soul and allowed Texas in the so playoffs. That's, that's how my theology works. That's how it works. It was a rule. It's got to work out for me somehow if I was vulnerable. There you go. (laughs) Okay. If you heard that, I'm sorry. Please don't believe anything I just said. That was all sarcasm. That was. We don't believe that. We don't. Uh, But we we are back to uh, during a special season of the year. We just started a new church year. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah. That's a strange thing to say uh, just before Christmas and New Year's, yeah. uh, which interestingly enough, this is one of those years where uh, where Sundays fall on Christmas Eve and uh, New Year's Eve. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, we're we're in a strange predicament because the building that we rent uh, has custodial staff that have the day off on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So they don't typically rent those facilities out. So mm. we are without a venue uh, or at least our normal venue 
uh, for those days. It'd be interesting. And one of them is a fifth Sunday. And we always do a fifth Sunday serve on the fifth Sunday. But do you know how hard it is to do a fifth Sunday serve on New Year's Eve? None of the agencies we work with are open on those days either or have anything going on. I know. I had a suggestion to my board and I don't know if we're going to do it, if anybody's going to take me up on it, but it was like, we should offer rides home for people who drink too much. Hey, you know, I saw one time an interview with N.T. Wright, and he was visiting a uh, a, a church that had flip-flops that they passed out to people returning from the bars, like young ladies who were returning from the bars who had maybe worn high heels or uncomfortable shoes to the bar. And they were they were walking home barefooted because they're they weren't doing so well in their shoes on the cobblestone streets. And so they they were handing out flip flops so that they could walk home uh, without being barefoot. And uh, it turns out that the police officers in the area appreciated the church's presence there because just more eyes on the street from from citizens and the the flip flops, you know, and the concern for their well-being, helping them get in a cab and get home safely, uh, that that really was cutting down on uh, just the number of rapes that were taking place in the area uh, that were being reported because, uh, those who would take advantage of those situations weren't able to take advantage of those situations because there was someone there to intervene. There was someone there to give some care to those young ladies who might've been taken advantage of in those situations. Uh, and N.T. Wright was there yeah. in his Bishop robe, you know, his purple Bishop robe. And he had, really? on, <laughs> had on a, a vest and he was, uh, a, a bright yellow vest. So he looked, you know, a little bit like a clown. But, um, but it was that's funny. It was a fun interview that I got to see. But uh, well, maybe maybe we will push through with that idea. You know, the biggest fear for most of my people are you're going to be out on the roads when the drunk people are out there. And I'm thinking, well, maybe a few less drunk people because we would be taking people home. But anyway, we have not confirmed that. Yes, and so it's always a difficult thing. Part of community. A, there's something else going there. Yeah. If you're part of community yeah. church, that's not, that's not set in that's stone. That's not an official announcement. Yeah. Um, um, we do have one of our former high schoolers who now lives in Missouri, but he's uh, coming back to get married. He's played the drums for us all throughout junior high and high school and stuff and college. Uh, so Garrett's getting married to Laura on New Year's Eve. So I was like, you know. Oh, what fun. He knows what he's doing. New Year's, New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's decided. Getting married. That's decided for him. Yeah. Cool. The uh, yeah. So this, we'll be uh, going to that first. Yeah. I guess there's no doubt about who he'll be kissing at midnight. There yeah. should not be. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> if there is, their marriage has a long. There's long, a trouble. There's struggle there already. Well, <laughs> yeah. long, no, but for Garrett, yes, there will not be any question. No question. Good guy. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot going on this time of year i mean we've got you know the frustration of climbing in the attic and getting the tree out and do you do it the day after thanksgiving and do you do it before you know the this before all of the uh sell items are gone from the sh the racks for halloween um or yeah. wait till you know do you wait or when hobby know? lobby starts in july i mean yeah. when do you start yeah do you, yeah, because if you wait too long, then the Valentine stuff will already be out at uh, yeah at Target or whatever. Well, I have been my soapbox. Everyone in my congregation and all my friends know is let's not crowd out Thanksgiving with buying stuff and Christmas consumerism that's kind of become part of <laughs> yeah. Christmas. You know, Black Friday started way before Thanksgiving. Yes, it did. These last few years, uh -huh. it's like. Cyber Monday was all month long in in November. I didn't have so, time to be grateful because I was disgruntled that I didn't get that deal. Yeah, right. So we this year, I I was really proud of myself, honestly, because usually Paul is like, "Can you help me get this stuff out?" And I'm like, "Babe, I don't want to do that today." Like the day after Thanksgiving, we had something going on the day after Thanksgiving. I don't remember what it was, but I got up and as soon as I was awake, I just started pulling stuff in and out of the garage because I knew she wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should win husband of the year award, I think, because I actually did something. 
Isn't that how we husbands think sometimes? Sure, sure. Yeah, Jeff Fox. I mean, she did all the decorating and stuff, but I got it out. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. So. Jeff Foxworthy had this whole um this whole bit on that. He used to say, My wife could be out repaving the driveway, and I would say, Hey babe, you know that uh, that trash can in the in the office? You don't have to worry about it. I, I emptied that. I emptied it for yeah. you. Yeah, that's that's Shelly. She's repaving I, the driveway while I'm doing one little I thing. did bring in the tree and set it up and got all the I spent a long time fixing the branches after it had been sitting in the garage for a year. So I felt like I did my part in the time I did that. She changed out every dish she had changed out like four different Christmas trees, decorated them, brought me the ornaments for the tree. One tree I was doing. She is like, Paula is like the Tasmanian devil around the house when she wants to get things done. And I have the energy of a sloth most of the time. Enneagram nine. That's yeah. So put me on a basketball court and somehow I get revved up and I can run or pick a ball. I can, I, I surprise people with like, I get to balls that people don't think I'm going to get to because I run fast. Well, are you to. like Yoda? Like for the lightsaber battle, you come to life, but then you're back to yeah. right afterwards. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. When, when your son-in-law now, Tyler was little, there was a period in his life where he would be like, dad, dad, play Yoda, do the flips. And I would, I had that play. It was keyed up. I knew exactly where it was on DVD. And we would play like that two minute little segment every day, every day. He would want to see Yoda do the flips. Yoda do the flips. Maybe that's because that's how he viewed you. You were Yoda doing the flips. Maybe so. <laughs> we can, uh, ask he can be a little bit like that too. Tyler would, could do some flips. Yeah. He uh-huh. when he, he gets is. energy, he has oh, these bursts of energy. That boy shows up to our house, you know, and he's getting his he's working on his master's degree. He's pastoring for the first time. Um, and he's he's I mean, they're still newlyweds, you know. They probably wouldn't say, Oh, we're newlyweds, but I say you're newlyweds they for, are. for the first five years at least. And um he's uh he just comes when he come to visit for Thanksgiving or whatever. The first thing he has to do is nap because he just, yeah, it's the first place yeah. he's been. He, he, didn't, he didn't have any responsibility. Like he shows up to this place and he doesn't have any, there's no, you know, nobody's going, all right, we're waiting on you to do this, this or this. He just, he's exhausted. Right. And so we always joke that, you know, that he comes here to take naps. So. <laughs> and then when he wakes up, he has enough energy for everybody for a while. Oh yeah. No, then he wants to go do, and we're all like, well, we were awake while you were sleeping, so uh, now we need a nap, but it's Speaking of Christmas movies, while you're sleeping. While you were sleeping. I should have gotten the fur. They're lighter. I I used to love that movie. (laughs) That's a good movie. You know, that's the first movie I took Shelly to go see. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. You want to know the one that Paul and I went to see on our first date? Went to the Olive Garden, first of all. Went to the Olive Garden, which is a very 90s thing to do because it was still kind of a little bit of a novelty back then. And we played paper football with sweet and low packets. <laughs> at which I shot one over her head into the booth next to her. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what it, one of the things I remember about it, that date. And then we went to see Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, my goodness. I was just aging us right there. But, yeah, man. What a great movie, by the way, and <laughs> insanely stupid. So stupid. Now that I look back on. Yeah. Well, we actually were going to talk about something a little more serious than just random stupid things. Um, Advent. <laughs> Advent. The season of Advent. I don't think growing up, I ever heard the word Advent. It was always Christmas time. Oh, yeah, we did. Did you ever in church no. talk about Advent? Not really. I think it was, I mean, it, it may have been mentioned. It may have slid in occasionally, but we didn't like have, there were candles on the altar, but we didn't yeah. really understand it as a, like an Advent wreath. There weren't themed Sundays leading up to it. I was never aware that there were four Sundays before you got to Christmas that were kind of the, the Sundays of Advent. I think I learned that from Monty Neighbors at War Acres Church of the Nazarene in uh, War Acres, uh, Oklahoma, just down the street from Southern Nazarene University, which is where we attended while while I was in school. 
And so um, I, I don't think I yeah. understood that. I didn't even know that I knew that there was really a church calendar. I knew that my Catholic friends, uh, you know, didn't eat meat on Fridays before Easter. I knew that as well. I didn't know why. But, you know, I don't know that. I, thinking back as a teenager, even as a young adult, I it was really that experience uh, of with with pastor neighbors that taught me that there was a church calendar and a church year. And so Advent really became a thing. I remember the first time we walked in uh, to a Sunday where we were hanging the greens. Yeah. And uh, we had a couple in our church named greens when I was first oh. the greens. <laughs> He would always make the joke too. Making joke, we're hanging. He was, hanging he was an old guy. I mean, he was probably in his eighties when I was there, maybe seventies, and he was going to make it. Well, Pastor, we might not be there tomorrow night. For the I want you hanging the greens. Yeah, Quentin <laughs> in Geneva. Because, yeah, Brent. Uh, that you know, Brent was your uh, youth pastor for a while, and uh, I'm sure. Yeah, he he's still on staff with us. Yeah, yeah so. thirteen years. Brent Green. We've been working together. Yeah. The hanging out to Brent Green. I never thought about it. We that. have not ever hung Brent. You never hung Brent. Well, that's good. No. Um, Brent has helped us decorate many times. Yes. He I'm happened sure. to be gone this time, but there have been a lot of times it's been the cooks and Brent Green. Uh-huh. So well, it was yeah. the pigs and Brent Green uh in Borger from time to time. He was uh he was always helping us with those sort of things as he was looking toward prepping for ministry. Anyway, that, we got smart funny. this year and invited the whole church into it, which there were way too many people to work for the stuff that we put up. But the teens had fun just messing around and the kids got to help hang stuff up. And it was just a community forming night. It, yeah. Like not everyone was actually being productive all the time. And oh. I don't know that I did much of it at all because <laughs> I was working out some music for Sunday yeah. because there were some keys we were working on that we needed to get straight. So, yeah. and then I had an intern meeting cause I was going to be gone normal time. So I just was back in my office doing stuff. So, but Hey, talk to me about Advent. What do you think of when you think of Advent? What are some words that, what do you think Advent means for our listeners who don't know a lot about Advent? Well, for, I mean, I think Advent is longing. I think Advent is waiting I think Advent is, uh, I, in my mind, there's uh, there's this scene in um, in the Lord of the Rings, in Peter. Oh, you, you're speaking my love language now. Um, where there's there's like some some uh, characters coming over the hill in a horizon, and yeah. you, you can see them coming before they arrive, and 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 it's dread right the moment the moment there is yeah. dread because it's a uh, it's the it's the dark riders it's the the nephilim is that right the uh no i think that's from the bible no I yeah that... but they call them they call them that they call them some kind of i thought they were the nazgul the nazgul, the nazgul? i'm sorry yeah. it wasn't nephilim it's nazgul the nephilim are the yeah. the when the heavenly yeah. beings sleep with humans yes. in genesis like six or something right like, but i was thinking yeah. that token borrowed some yeah lesser known biblical name and used it for them but it's the nazgul Could have. yeah it's, it's the nazgul um and they're coming over the hill and the hobbits are running to try to yeah and And I know that moment is dread right there in that scene, but the but the imagery without, you know, if you were waiting for that character to get there and they were your uh, sort of maybe the Gandalf picture where he comes riding down the hill, he says, "Look, that's what I thought you were talking about." Third day, look to this, look to my coming in the east, in the east, you know, and then here he comes with a great light, and Um, the light pushes back all the. The yes. troops of the darkness just yes. like shudder back, you know. So, cool. and I think that Advent is any, you know, because because it is an Advent, even for even if it's um, of something that you dread or something that you are excited for. In this case, Advent, when we talk about it, it's Christmas. We are it's the Advent of King Jesus, the Advent yeah. of the birth of the birth of God to the people of God, right? Uh, it's it's incarnation. Um, and it's that waiting yeah. for that to take place. Well, and then we also talk 
in Advent about the waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And I just thought about that, as you said, it could be dread or it could be something you're excited about because another friend of J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, his picture of the second coming of Jesus and heaven and hell is really somewhat dreadful. that you're encountering the same being, King Jesus, but some people will dread Jesus because they have not opened their hearts up to the love of God. And some people will welcome Jesus, kind of like the characters in the Chronicles of Narnia, the line, uh, the, uh, where some of the characters dread Aslan and some of them look at him with love. And the final battle. That was a big C.S. Lewis yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, That's yeah, cool. the, the arrival of King Jesus. And we look at the first arrival in the manger incarnation which we'll probably talk a whole let's do a whole podcast on incarnation because it is pretty much everything at some points oh it has um and then we also look at the second coming of jesus that we're still waiting for and i think maybe that's why we don't talk about advent very much we don't really like waiting i have already (laughs) bought my wife a christmas gift and she has already sent it back for another one oh and received the second one so really Little little backstory. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was looking at some recipes online and she really wanted a Dutch oven. Oh. Which for a guy, the Dutch oven is always like Yeah, well, yeah. Fruit. It's like you yeah. fart under the covers and uh-huh. hold it. And I said, I can give you a Dutch oven, baby. And she didn't think that was funny. And so I ordered her a real Dutch oven for her kitchen. Yeah. And um I I put, you know, I, I sent it to Amazon. I was like, I'm just going to give it to her early because all during this holiday season, she's going to be cooking and she will want to make stuff in her new Dutch oven. Right. So that was my thinking. Give it to her early, like December 1st. I mean, it was early, early. So like I, when, you, when you think of Dutch oven, I think uh, I'm thinking of just a solid cast iron. Did you get is it like a ceramic coated one? Does it look pretty? Or so is this it- is the thing. Yeah. I get this beautiful blue one that she sent me a link to that she wanted. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, right. don't give me too much credit. <laughs> and she wanted the coated one. And it's this beautiful like teal blue. And it's it's so nice. And it comes, it was on sale. It's the only Black Friday thing I bought. And I felt like a hypocrite because I hate Black Friday. <laughs> I hate it. But it was a third off. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. I will buy this on Amazon. Oh, yeah. She gets it. It's not coded on the inside, which she thought it was when she sent me the link. Okay. So she has returned it and now has another one that's coded both. And I will be enjoying the fruits of my gift throughout the Christmas holiday, Advent, yeah. Christmas, New Year, whatever. That's why I have a holiday dinner at my church, not because I'm trying to get rid of you know Christ and Christmas, but because there are a lot of holidays right now yes. and we're not going to have a dinner for all of them. We had yes. Thanksgiving. We will have the season of Advent, Christmas. We'll have New Year's, yeah. Epiphany. I mean, holy days, right? Yeah. It's okay yeah. to say holy day dinner, right? Yeah. Is that taking Jesus out? Isn't Jesus no. the holy one? No, it's not a... It, a holiday, we could have a whole... A let's do a whole podcast, podcast on the assault on Christianity at Christmas. <laughs> That will be a fun one. That's coming. We call ours a holiday potluck because we only do one potluck for all of those things, right? Like that's us too. We just and it's this Sunday, and I'm excited about it. I am too. It's December 10th. Is our is our holiday potluck too? Yeah. And we're, you know, I love it. It's great. People are already they've signed up for what they're bringing. They're excited and they're telling you about the 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 dish they're bringing and where they got this recipe. And it's just a fun time, and we don't get to do fellowships like that always um and so sometimes it's it's a struggle right because we want to celebrate christmas my my worship leader told me this week because we 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 started with the season of advent we start with lament and right we did too and you have to you have to start with lament because what good is it to talk about a savior if you don't need that savior yeah and what what good is it to wait for a long for something new if you're not really willing to be honest about what it is now the darkness the light doesn't mean anything without darkness i mean i know i'm sounding like a little yin and yang here but but like if you don't have darkness you don't know what light is right well, you ever shine a flashlight for? in the middle of the day yeah yeah what are you hoping for yeah if, if there's nothing uh that it's just going to get better from here 
it, we're going to go hoping we're hoping that our really good situation is going to get even better. Eventually, hope doesn't mean anything if everything's always hunky dory. It at some point you have to acknowledge that that this is not the way things are supposed to be. They're supposed to be different than they are. I'm hoping that we'll get to the place where it is better, where there is, you know, where there are no more tears, where there are no more struggle, where there's no more pain. But I'm I have to be honest about the fact that there is struggle, there is pain, there is sorrow, there is hurt. And that's I mean that's, that's where the longing comes right. from. That's what you yeah. sign up for. You're talking about uh Jarrett getting married. Is it Jarrett or Garrett? Garrett. Garrett. Garrett's getting married. Yeah. I mean, is he signing, you know, or is Val's going to be, hey, I will love you so long as everything is hunky-dory? Or is he going to say... He probably is young enough he doesn't know what hunky-dory means. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what hunky-dory is? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I grew up in that day. Yeah. But everything is just, is easy, is perfect. It's all the way it's supposed to be, right? And they lived happily ever after. How boring would that really be if that were the, if that were your life? Like, you get married and guess what? We don't want to talk about the rest of it because it was just perfect. Yes. Do you know how much I love uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? The whole story, all those stories. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the first one that had Gene Wilder playing Willy Wonka. And he says, hey, Charlie, did you hear about the man who got everything he always wanted? He lived happily ever after. And I and I that I love that whole show. But that one line I always take issue with. I'm just like, yeah, no, he didn't. No, because if you know how much of a chore it would be to run a chocolate factory i mean there's (laughs) there's boilers that are going out and there's supply chain issues and those surely that those uh those oompa loompas don't always do exactly what you want them to do and they you know just look at the people in our society who get everything they want like super rich super famous their lives are not perfect no go look at lottery winners go if you look up those shows are crazy that you watch the shows about them yeah it just yeah. goes downhill after they win. Like they have a yeah, spike where they got all these things they wanted, but then they end up divorced. All their family members are calling them to try to pilfer some money from them. You know, like it's just oh, yeah. bad news after that. I got friends I never knew about. So I think the yeah that waiting that longing part of of advent is um kind of expecting God to show up and not just on our timetable. Yes. That that's a big thing is because we often think you know well we just pray and it should happen or we you know sure. Oh yeah. Um but yeah God is I am that I am like I right. will be who I will be. And part of Advent is learning to wait on God in moments where maybe we don't see God at work as much um, and learning to look for God, like, like to look for God showing up in our world, even today in little ways, like a manger, like look for God to show up somewhere where you might not expect God to show up. Right. And we need this. We need this lesson. We need it over and over over. every year, because here's the thing. I, I get, I get excited about the giving of gifts. I know I do. I watch my kids get excited about it. I watch the folks around me get excited about it, about we we put these gifts underneath the tree and there's this anticipation and it's exciting. And there's this almost this bleh, when it's over, right? Like now that yeah. it's over. Let down. Yeah. There's something like there's always we're, we're not we're not easily satisfied. And so immediately, yeah. immediately there's this sense after we've opened all the presents and there's all this mess on the floor and it's time to clean up the mess um, that people are like moving to, I can't wait for next year. Right. Like, right. Like, it was yeah. actually the excitement and the anticipation that I was enjoying more than the event itself. And now I can't wait for next year. So that's I started thinking good. about next Christmas, this Christmas, because that's what I, my, the longing is the value of the season, right? There's, there's yeah. that waiting and that expectation that that has value to us. 
um, it teaches us how to love. It teaches us how to, to, to work in grace and patience and long suffering. Well, and then when, when God shows up, we appreciate it more if we've longed for it. Like it, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus, you know, was doing all these miracles and they're like, do a sign for us, Jesus. And Jesus kind of looks at him like, uh, I'm I'm right you here. generation, you continuously ask for a sign. Like, yeah. I just did that. So it's like, if you just keep getting everything right away, you never appreciate what you just got. You're always yeah. on to the next thing. That's exactly what you're kind of saying. You're- well, yeah. And I heard this this interview with Stephen Colbert a while back. And I, I I really like Stephen Colbert. I know that he's got some controversial views, but he's a Catholic. He's a devout Catholic, and he talks about his faith, and he talks about gratitude. And in this interview, he basically just said, I want to learn to be grateful for the things I wish never had happened. Mm. Right. And so um, there's, I just thought that was such a powerful thought. Right. And it, and that's not a Stephen Colbert thought. Like, he's saying that out of his Catholicism. He's saying that out of his Christianity. Right. Like, that's right. what... That's a that's a, a deep rooted and important theme within Christianity is figuring out how to be grateful for the things you thought you wish never had happened. Back when I was working with um, the Fuller Center disaster rebuilders um, in Orange after one of the hurricanes, one of the many hurricanes, which if if you ever live in Orange, Texas, or a place that gets hit, Houston, someplace that gets hit, Louisiana, that gets hit by lots of hurricanes, people mark time by the disaster. The recent mm, disaster. Yeah. Um, they say, oh, that was back when, you know, Katrina, that was back during Harvey. That was back during, you know, Umberto. We do that with tornadoes <laughs> here, but yeah. Yeah. In tornadoes in, in more yeah. <laughs> like that was the fifth yeah. time war was destroyed, um, which is just down the street from Midwest city. For those of you who don't know. Um, yeah. We always have to this point where there was one in 99 that hit Midwest city, but we've, di- we've dodged a lot of those things. Yes. And, and you think about that in terms of disaster, like we mark time with the pain and the suffering and the struggle that we've faced. Right. And so then the joy of a season comes uh, because we're marking time that this is not, this is a time of rebuilding. This is a time of healing. This is a time of, we're not in the middle of the, that, that disaster. And so it makes for some, some gratitude that we wouldn't know how to have if everything was just smooth and yeah. sailing all the time right like we say we like to say things like this we like to say well anything anything good anything worth doing is difficult right right well we don't get that mindset uh from just being handed the things that are right you know that we want we know that adversity right. and difficulty i mean perastra or per peraspera Ad Astra, right? That Latin phrase that means through adversity to the stars, right? Like w- the only way yeah. you don't get to the stars, you don't get to the high points. You don't get to the things, the value of a, of, of an experience through comfort. And yet somehow we make this season about comfort and joy, but it wasn't comfortable yeah. for Mary and Joseph. It wasn't comfortable for the shepherds. It wasn't comfortable for, for the baby Jesus. The cross certainly isn't comfortable, right? right? So understanding all of those themes is so important, but we have to talk about adversity first. And so it's a... Yeah, so this week we we both talked about lamenting and um, it was, you know, for me, you know, just the idea of telling the truth and trusting God. Those are the two things that I see in this kind of waiting, lamenting is being honest about, the dark places of our lives, but not just complaining. So, you know, you can easily fall into it. Just, this is terrible. Everything's terrible. Um, but, but being honest and then trusting God in the midst of it, trusting that God will show up. And that's what we're waiting on is God to show up in the midst of the mess. Yeah. Um, just like God always does. And like God did in that manger. I mean, the world was a mess. Jesus comes in literally running for his life. Uh, because of Herod, you know, and there's genocide. There's a bunch of ki- uh, kids killed because of Jesus arrival. Like Jesus shows up in the middle of our mess. Yeah. And then redeems us in spite of it. 
but the honesty, being honest about that right there, like just what you just said, being honest shines the light that gives us hope, right? Like, yeah. And without that light uh, that honesty brings, um, there's this uh, no need for hope. I mean, most of the world would, 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 if we said, Hey, what does Jesus do for us that we can't do for ourselves? Um, most people, right. the answer is, I don't know, or nothing. I think maybe my answer at this point in my life is I'll tell you tomorrow uh, because this isn't about a transaction. This is about a relationship. And I, I'll, I, maybe I'll know a little bit to, more tomorrow about what Jesus is doing because I can't fully articulate what Jesus is doing for me that I can't do for myself. I have to stay in this relationship to find out. Right. And so Advent for me is this staying in the relationship to find out I'm waiting. I really am yeah. waiting because I think he's going to show up and and he does show up. But then I, I just in his showing up, he I still need him to show up tomorrow, too. Right. Like I, right. I'm in constant yeah. need of this savior. I'm in constant need of God's presence and showing up. Uh, Walter Brueggemann likes to talk about uh, the presence of God as being everything. Like the 613 laws that that Judaism came up with uh, were to protect the the experience of the presence of God because his presence is everything to us, right? Yeah. And so the Advent, celebrating the Advent the, of, of our Christ, I'm longing for it. Right. Not just today. Yeah. It's an everyday thing. It's it's not four it's not four Sundays in December. It's every yeah. it's every week. Yeah. It's every day. Well, yeah, we need. And the funny thing is we need Christ to show up. Christ shows up. We need probably to be able to recognize Christ showing up oh. every day. I, yeah. It's funny you say that about staying in relationship. I just finished a class with uh, for the semester, had our last lecture, and we'll have a final this week. And this was my words to them. The only thing you can do wrong in this thing is get out of relationship with God. Like your only job or the only thing you need to really focus on as a Christian is staying in relationship. And if relationship means lamenting and crying out in anger and frustration to God, that's the relationship at that moment. Like real relationships have moments of disagreement of frustration and, and what we've been tempted to do in North American church culture is to try to look apart rather than to be a real human being in a relationship with a God who loves real human beings, like reading the Psalms, you see that the psalmists aren't afraid to tell God what they think no, and how they're frustrated yeah. and even come with some accusation. Sure. Where and, are you? The last one we read was yeah. like, where are you? But even though they know they're, they've probably, they've sinned. They're still blaming it on God. Oh, and how often are we it. like that? <laughs> yeah, I love the the this. Sometimes you know, I, I know that I am the culprit here. I know that that God is active, but I am deaf and blind to God's activity. I and I know I've yeah. turned a blind eye, and I've I've covered my ears like the Sanhedrin when Peter was talking, like and he shouted at the top of my lungs. No, I'm not listening to you because I don't want to hear what you <laughs> have to say, right? Like. Um, and I know that I'm the culprit, but sometimes I come to God and I'm like, listen, you made a promise and you haven't come through on it. And I need, you know, but the statement really is because I need you to come through on it. And you're the only one who can come through on it. And I know that I can't get it done myself. So it's it's this weird blaming. But that that blame is expressing faithfulness, right? <laughs> like yeah, or trustworthy right. that the God is trustworthy. It's weird. You trust God enough to cry out to God. Yes, That's what I'm I was complaining like, to the only one who can do anything about it. Right. Yeah. If you don't trust God, you wouldn't be even praying. Like no. if you if you didn't trust God, you wouldn't think God cared about your complaint. Right. So I mean, it's like it's so interesting how that all works out. And this, you know, this longing, this waiting. Sometimes there's frustrating moments in the waiting. I think probably the people who are most tempted to try to skip past the lament or people like us pastors. We have a lot of pressures on us to look a role, to be yeah. a certain type of person, to be an example. I, I was talking to my congregation. Is sweeter than the day before. 
Yeah. I was talking to my congregation this week and I was like, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I would never say that. I was like, Paul says a lot of things I would never say, like women keep silent in the church. I mean, he messed a whole bunch of people up with one oh, stupid statement. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about scripture, oh, but I, yeah. I just oh. did. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Paul, like, I mean, come on, Paul. Like, and so I think many of us feel this thing to be like an example to the flock or whatever. But when we don't tell the truth, it's just like any other culture. Like it has to start with leadership. Yeah. Um, if we're not willing to tell the truth uh, about the world. And so yeah. I saw a yeah, epic, the, an epic Christian meme. I, I don't know if you follow them on, on, yeah, uh, I do on Instagram or whatever it is, but I saw an epic Christian meme where they said, uh, they showed this skydiver, you know, those indoor skydiving places uh-huh. and the guy, the guy skydiving and he's doing all kinds of tricks and he's flipping and it's beautiful. It looks like ballet in the air. And it says, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, And then it says <laughs> me trying my best. And it cuts to a scene of this guy just like flipping and he's banging up against everything. And he, oh, that's he get off the, off the, the base is, and that's it says so me funny. trying to follow Paul as Paul follows Christ. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what I was thinking about while you were saying that. Cause it's yeah. not, it, it's such a, you know, I, and, and the truth is, is that Paul didn't look like ballet either. Right. I mean, yeah. Paul yeah. got Paul got mad and yelled at Peter in front of everybody, um, and then yeah. bragged about it to the Galatians in a letter that we've now made, uh, you know, sermons out of. Like, right when when yeah. it probably was the a more intimate uh, communication than yeah. really than Paul. Paul wasn't thinking I'm going to write this, and then for generations, for two thousand years, the church is going to make this an example of how to act because he Paul told, probably he wasn't, told people that. Just emasculate themselves. I mean, <laughs> he probably was like, if he could, if he was here now, he'd be like, oh man, I can't. Oh man, I wish I would have held back a little bit on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a great thing to go back in time and just like, just be like, hey, Paul, what do you feel about this? <laughs> now, now that you know how it's being used. How no, do you feel about uh, that private conversation that you, yeah. that you were having that is now? Uh, discipleship material. So what are you longing for this Advent season? Oh, you know, Nate, I just, Advent always reminds me of this kind of call, this, this longing that exists in me that has, it's the reason it's, it's what I heard in my soul and my spirit. Whenever I answered a call to ministry in the first place, it's my answer to what, what do I wish for? What am I, what gives me hope? What makes me, what do I long for all the time is that we would stop hurting each other. Like that's just, that's at the heart of who I want to be of the pastor. I, I long to be, um, is that we could just stop hurting each other. Could we just, you know, like when you break up your kids in a fight, when, when siblings are going at each other, maybe, maybe with fists, maybe with words, but you just want to stop it and say, please, can we just do, please don't hurt each other. And, yeah. Um, Paul used what, to, when our boys would fight each other with words more than fist fights. Oh gosh. When they fist fight, like that, we would break them up. But when they would be rude to each other, she would always say, quit talking to my son like that. Yeah. And it would really bother. Like after a while they got so annoyed with it, they'd be so mad at her for saying it. Yes. But, but don't you just want to say that? Like, like, don't you think Jesus is like, quit talking to my yeah brother, my brother in Christ, joint a- heirs. We're joint yeah. heirs with Jesus. Right. Like, yes. and God is like, quit talking to my child like that my child that way. Quit treating my child like that. I had a, I had a, a teen in a youth group one time, his mom, said something self like a, a self deprivating, you know, so what do you, what do you call that? A self deprecating, deprecating, yeah, not deprivating, deprecating, I not defecating either. No, no, that, deprecating <laughs> a self deprecating comment that she made. And he just turns to her and very calmly, but seriously said, you're talking about my mom. Mm, and, yeah. I, and I thought, I mean, it was powerful. I was, I was stunned yeah. in the moment. Like I was like, that was beautiful and true. And so, I mean, it doesn't just apply to us saying you're talking about my child, but maybe it talks about seeing ourselves as God's child too. So like, there's this 
could we stop hurting each other? And could we stop hurting ourselves? And so, could we stop? I, I'm longing for a day when we properly understand who we are in Christ and we love who we are in Christ and we love who our neighbor is in Christ. Um, and we are, we are excited for who Christ is. We're not trying to redefine who God is, but allowing God even to be God. Right. And so that when yeah. this King comes, when Jesus shows up on the scene, we're not disappointed with who Christ is, but we're happy. So, to receive. I think mine is along the same lines, just a little bit different of, I think I'm longing for to be still and quiet enough to have a renewed sense of who God is, but also to be able to see Christ when Christ appears. Yeah. To not run by it, you know, like, yes. and, and that for, for my church as well, like, and the people I serve is, is, which I think goes along with not hurting each other is like, is stopping enough during a very busy season to actually know your love that deeply. Yeah. So that you won't. Yes. Because all of our efforts to be loved are why we hurt each other. Well, sure. Sure. If I, if I give my most cynical answer to this question, what am I longing for? I'm longing for next year when all of this mm -hmm. busyness is over. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm longing for uh, the, the, the third and fourth weeks of January because that's when I can see that I can have a little bit of a slowdown. But as soon as I start to think about them, I think, oh, my goodness, February is going to be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it never changes. Does I it? think there's this song that communicates the longing that I always have. And it's by the Bobby Say Band. And he, he sings, uh, slow me down, oh, Lord, slow me down so my heart can hear your sound. Speak into my life, Lord, speak now and slow me down, oh, Lord, slow me down. Yeah. And that communicates, but then, you know, there's, an, uh, that, there's so many other songs that I could sing right there that, uh, that communicate right. the longing of be near. Oh God. I think of Shane and Shane's be near. Oh yeah. It, your nearness yeah. is to us, our good, that God would be yeah. near that I could slow down and appreciate it. So I think I, I love your answer to this because I want to say, slow me down enough that I don't miss out on the joy of this season. Yeah. And I think my problem, just to be honest, is that when I do get those spaces, I fill them with things oh. like, and maybe there's a part of me that doesn't want to slow down. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's a part of me that really desires that and needs it and feels it deep in my bones. And then there's this other part of me that's like, if I slow down and I see the truth, I might not like what I see. Sure. Or will God show up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is waiting. Like when we talk about waiting, waiting is being slowed down. Yeah. Like you get on the highway and you have to wait. <laughs> like for most of us, it's just annoying. <laughs> well, angry. Your purpose. Infuriating, you're yeah. slowed down, not because you want to be, but because you have to be. Oh, one of the things I've learned. Road, if it's a toll yeah. road, even more so, because now I paid. Because yeah, you paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I have learned as a pastor is that life does that to you. And Thomas Keating says one of the most profound things. He's like, you can either surrender or life will take things from you. And God will teach you through that. Yeah. Like, like it's like if you live long enough, you might lose your mobility. Yeah. You're not going to be going out and doing as much. Mm -hmm. You will have some quiet and slow moments in your life if you continue to live. Yeah. Now, what you do with them are up to you. You can sit sure. and watch TV, but you know, like, so there is a point in which if we don't slow down, even now, like you'll, you may get sick and you may be slowed down because you overtax your body. But, but there is a point where all of us eventually will, will have to do some waiting. Yeah. I think, I think we learn to wait. I think we learn in that choosing to wait. I think we learn that surrender is not death. Yeah. There's a joy in surrender. There's a joy in, yeah. because, it, because we would all probably say we're look, I'm looking for retreat, right? 
I'm looking yeah. for for uh, solace. I'm looking for some sanctuary. I'm looking for some peace and some maybe even some quiet to go with it. But I'm looking for a time when I don't have to fight anymore. But then we we're unwilling to surrender, right? Yeah. Because when you get that retreat, you might get on your phone the whole time, or you might, you yeah. know, it's like yeah, like surrendering to that stillness and that slowness is this is really difficult. So, well, if we believe that God exists in the space in between things, then why can't we? Why can't we observe the space in between things? In yeah. silence. Why can't we let that silence resonate in us in a way that that communicates the presence of God? Instead, we have to fill it with noise. Right. Yeah. I went to a I, I went to a concert okay. recently. Uh, so beautiful. Uh, the beautiful letdown uh, mm-hmm. tour by. Oh, uh, yeah. With a with uh, Switchfoot. Switchfoot. And they uh, they sang that song. If we're adding to the noise. Turn I love that song. song. And I was like, turn it off. Turn it off right now. And it just ends abruptly and it's beautiful because you sit in the silence of it for a second and go, yeah. And yeah. we need that silence yeah. too. Well, so may we uh may we all learn to take those moments of waiting, not run from them during this season of Advent. Hey, it's been really good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts? Oh, no, I I mean, I think probably that I would just say that Advent is one of the uh, the most important things that we can do. And if we skip, if we skip to the joy uh, too quickly, the joy of the season without acknowledging the pain and the struggle that it took to get here, um, then, you know, we're 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 eating we're eating the honey without acknowledging that somebody got stung to get it, you know. The uh, <laughs> that just seems a, 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 a dis a discount and a disservice to uh to the to the value of, of suffering because I don't think that suffering comes through violence and suffer I, I mean I not suffering I don't think that redemption comes through violence I think redemption comes through suffering uh, because yeah. I think suffering is a picture of what love does for for us right love is yeah. love is pain and so we can't really understand that without embracing the suffering, embracing the struggle. I I talk a lot about that with my students too. I think we have a warm, fuzzy feeling of love, but love really is suffering. You're always giving up something for the other. Even if you don't think of that as suffering because you're enjoying it in the moment. Like I always give the example of having a child, like you give up sleep, you give up all kinds of things, your plans for the weekend, you give up for the sake of this little being that you're caring for. That's suffering. That's and all love gives up for the sake of the other is, or it's not really love. It's not really so. Yeah. 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 So, all right, man. Well, I love you. And glad we got back together to do this and we'll try to get a few of these out. It's the holiday specials of the pontificating pastors. So we'll see you next time. You take care. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.